and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the studio as ever, the Sales Chat Show posse, Phil Jessen, Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldee. Now, this episode, we are revisiting one of our most popular and indeed controversial episodes Um, where Graham previously has argued that sales targets are not beneficial. So this episode, revisiting this, is called Why Setting Sales Targets is Wasting the Time of Your Sales Team. Now, we're going to do this sort of by way of a debate or actually what it'll probably turn into might be a might be a bit of a fight and i am they they, they are gearing up and and making rude sort of hand gestures fist waving at each other my lovely listeners um i'm a big i'm a big fight fan i love i love ufc bit of mma all of that sort of good stuff so uh, i'm sort of like the um the introducer here i'm the bruce buffer i think from the ufc here so in the uh in the blue corner, I have a Sugar Ray Jessen, who will be arguing why sales targets are a good idea and are not a waste of time. And in the red corner, Graham the Notorious Jones, who will be arguing against a sales target. So, uh, gentlemen... Um, Please uh, protect yourselves at all times. Uh, follow the follow my instructions at all times. If you'd like to touch gloves, uh, now you can do. Oh, they've refused to touch gloves. Oh, there's some bad blood going on already. So, Mr. Jesson, why don't you give the first trade, the first blow? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to insist that Mr. Jones goes first. Oh. The, the the title of this whole episode seems to suggest that he's had a word with you in advance. So. Uh, my authority as the referee is being yes. challenged let, straight, let, out, straight let, out. Let, out. Let's hear Graham's uh, argument and then I will uh, respond in the so manner. So, Notorious Jones, I named you after Conor McGregor there, the famous MMA fighter. Mr. Jones, uh, I'll allow you then, if Mr. Jessen is going to ignore my authority. Well, I'm also going to debate the authority of the uh, referee here uh, because the referee said this was a debate. There is no debate. Uh, it's a complete waste of time uh, setting sales targets. All the evidence shows that. Job done. Could you perhaps provide some some evidence to back up this? this, this <laughs> I was about to say outrageous claim, displaying my bias <laughs> where, where previously I have so I'm desperately trying not to not to be biased. Give us come on, give us some evidence. You can't you can't make a you know, the vast majority of people listening to the sales chat show will have been set a sales target or they set give sales targets. So come on. You're, yeah, you're that's the, because that's because they always have done. Just because you've always done something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. 
Um, and, you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same behavior and expecting different results. And you find this all the time in business, that they repeat the same behavior of setting sales targets and expect things to be different. And they're not. Uh, the research on businesses that set sales targets and then don't set sales targets shows that whether you compare one business from one year to the next year or whether you compare different salespeople within the same business, the people who do not have sales targets sell more than the people who do have sales targets. And the reason for that is because it's about what their brain is doing. And when, they, when you are focusing somebody on a sales target, they're constantly chasing the target. They're constantly thinking about the target. That's not what you want their brain to think about. You want their brain to think about doing what the customer needs and providing the solutions for the customer. And when they think about that, they end up doing more of that and they succeed in selling more. So all the evidence in all the studies that have ever looked at this show us that sales targeting fails to get people to sell more. They will sell. I know that people are going to say, I, I can preempt Phil going that when you set a sales target and you extend that and you stretch people, they will sell more. But yes, they may well sell more, but there could be lots of reasons for that. It's not the sales target that's doing it. There are other things happening why they may sell more. And when you take those things out, when you control for those things in a study, you discover that the sales target doesn't do anything. Mr. Jessen, how would you respond? Well, I, I, I think I need five seconds to calm down. Uh, my, my, my blood is boiling at this outrageous nonsense that I've just heard coming from my good friend, Mr. The, the Right Honourable Mr. Jones, as he <laughs> might be called in the Houses of Parliament. Um, and I think he's living in cloud cuckoo land because the reality, which is where sales directors that I know live, Graham, uh, the reality for many sales and marketing directors is that there is a finite number that the sales team has to hit. And I'll keep it simple. Let's imagine that in any given period, the number is one million pounds and there are 10 people in the team equally talented. Uh, and so it is sliced as a hundred thousand pounds each, let's say. Now, because of the costs within that business, there is a simple reality, which Graham is choosing to ignore here. And that is that if the sales team led by Graham's philosophy set off in this rather wishy-washy soft fashion and clock up 450,000 uh, pounds, the 550,000 pound shortfall is probably going to mean that half the sales team are now redundant uh, or half the company are now redundant. And before you let Graham back on, I haven't finished yet. Let oh me continue. Oh so let, let, me, let me give you a couple more examples of where, and let's call them goals in general, not just sales targets. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples where having a goal does work well, as I would see it. Uh, and the first one uh, is a rather unfortunate health issue uh, where a, a mate of mine a couple of years ago, weighing 17 and a half stone with his cholesterol level well over seven and a half, uh, he was told in no uncertain terms by the doctor that he had to change his behavior. 
Now, the doctor did not leave it there. He didn't say, go away and work out what change your behaviour means and hopefully you will be okay. Uh, the doctor made it very, very clear that inside six months, he expected my friend to be 14 stones or under, and he expected the cholesterol level to be under five if he was to maintain a healthy lifestyle and indeed life. Uh, and I'll just quote another uh, example. One of my customers some years ago uh, said to me, do you do any of that psychometric testing stuff? And I said, yes, we, we, we got access to those. And he said, well, my, my son uh, is training to be a pilot. Uh, things are not going too well on the school homework. Um, I could do with a little bit more insight into his psychometric profile and blah, blah, blah. So we tested the lad, sent the client the report. But the interesting thing was that in the discussion that the father had with his son, there were two dimensions to it. First of all, there was the dimension around the lad's attitudes and behaviours and what the dad could do to support that. But the key part of the discussion, apparently, was that in order to become a pilot, grade A's were needed from his exams. Not grade anything, anything will do, Graham, um, if, you, if you don't mind sort of working casually on it. No, uh, he had to hit a defined number of grade A's. Now, because to the lad, who at that moment in time had become completely unfocused, what you might call the typical teenager, uh, I think that discussion from dad hit him like a sledgehammer. And in the months that followed, uh, the lad did indeed uh, sort himself out, focus. Uh, he got his three uh, A levels um, or whatever it was, went to university, A grades uh, once again, first class degree and all the rest of it, uh, and ended up on a top uh, pilot training program. So I quote those lifestyle examples, one around failing health, one around the aspirations of the teenager, uh, and I would argue with Graham till the cows come home that in the real world, not where Graham lives in, in cloud cuckoo land, um, in the real world, in the real world, goals are effective and they are in a sense dreams that have a deadline. That's the way that I tend to think of them. They are not evil, as Graham is suggesting here today, the product of the devil. Uh, they are they are dreams with a deadline, and long may that be the case. I better stop talking now because I'm my, my I, I can feel my blood pressure rising again. Fighting talk there from Sugar Ray Jessen. I'm, st I'm, start I'm starting to resemble the background on this. So, um, so Graham, because there is there is the there is the uh, practice, you know, that that businesses need to bring in a certain amount of revenue, okay, in terms of budget, and then you know that has to be that has to be generated for the business to to succeed or to grow, and so on and so forth. And often revenue is going to come in, uh, you know, money arrives in the business through sales, you know, other than borrowing it or whatever, or getting it from shareholders. So, you know, the, 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 there just has to be some way of measuring, monitoring progress of, of revenue generation and revenue input into the business, surely. 
I'm afraid both of you are making the same mistake that I see repeated in businesses time and time and time again. And this is conflating two different things. You're conflating goal setting theory together with behavioral change. And you're assuming that goal setting leads to behavioral change. There is no evidence that it does that. The evidence is that 85% of people who set goals and have goals set for them do not achieve those goals. And the reason they don't achieve those goals is because there isn't a really much of a link between goal setting and behavioral change. So the change in behavior to get your cholesterol down from seven to five is about changing the behavior, not about setting the goal. So the goal will have had no impact on that. Yeah, it's the, what you do to make someone change their behavior. So what you need is say, for salespeople to do is to change their behavior to change their behavior from not selling enough to selling more to generate that revenue. And so what do you need to do to change their behavior? And what the evidence shows us is that goal setting, setting a target does not change their behavior. They carry on doing the same things. So you don't want does? them to carry on doing the same things because you want them to generate more money. So we need to change their behavior not change their goals. So how do you change their behavior then? What would be your Right, situation? so there are various ways of changing behavior. And the most significant way we know in the workplace of changing people's behavior is when the attitudes and desires of the business overall match the attitudes and desires of the workforce. And so what that means is that if you've got salespeople whose attitudes and desires are misaligned with the business, those people are never going to generate more. Even if you set them sales targets, they're still not going to do it. And every sales director knows they have people who don't reach their targets. Most sales targets are never met. So people set sales targets and they're not met. There will be people who exceed those sales targets that you set them. And there'll be a variety of reasons why they're doing that. That could be down to uh, trying to uh, prove they're better than somebody else. This is about personal ambition. It's about a sense of self. It's not about meeting the sales target for meeting the sales target. It's about showing I'm better than you. It's that competitive uh, nature. And so that for those people who are in that kind of small personality group, it works. But for the rest of people, they just carry on because they know if they don't meet their sales target, well, they've still got a job. And so those people, their desires are misaligned with the business. So this comes down to recruiting the right salespeople who have the same values and attitudes as the business. So alignment of attitudes and values is more important than whether or not they can actually sell. Because if they align with your business attitudes, they will behave in the way you want them to behave because they're the same attitudes that your business has. So we know that from you know, studies where people are why do people change job? They change job because they're not aligned with what the business is trying to do. So, and that's the number one reason why people lose their, leave their jobs. So recruiting the right people in the first place is one of the problems. Recruitment is really bad. Yeah? So people are not recruited into the right jobs. And therefore you've got salespeople, you've recruited the wrong people in the first place. You then set them an arbitrary target. So Phil mentioned, yeah, we've got to make a million pounds this year. All of those targets are arbitrary. Yeah? So somebody decides an arbitrary target. I don't want an arbitrary target. What I want is just as much as we can possibly sell. And hopefully that's going to be more than last year. And what we know is that those businesses that don't set the targets exceed what they sold last year. 
time and time and time again. I mean, one thing I would say, I think, in, is that you know there'll be a there's a difference between lead and lag indicators and a target will be a lag indicator it's the it lags behind the lead indicators so from a behavioral point of view you know i always strongly recommend to clients that they they put more emphasis on lead indicators because that's often overlooked and i think sometimes you know i would say sometimes sales targets are they're, they're an excuse for weak or poor sales management sometimes, you know, because, you know, you, you're sort of, if you like saying, well, if they don't hit target, we can get rid of them or something like that, which just means the, the sales manager is not necessarily focusing on getting the sales team behaving in the right way to, to deliver the target. So that I would, you know, I think I would say, <clears throat> I would say there, but I mean, I think there is, you know, there is a, the, there is a lot of evidence around, you know, the impact of goal setting It's you know, a lot of, lot of research, you know, into it, but there's some interesting, interesting thoughts around is the behavioral change that drives the achievement of the goal is probably is what I think is your point rather than necessarily the goal itself. The goal itself doesn't do it. Yeah. And what we know that, you know, riddled throughout business literature is smart goal setting. Mm. And we know that that never works. It, it works if the goal is a tiny, tiny specific kind of thing. Yeah. So if you've got well, it came out of project management, didn't it? I mean, it yeah. has it has validity there, doesn't yeah. it? You so know, if I mean... if your goal is today, for example, to listen to two podcasts instead of one, yeah, from the yeah, I don't know of any other podcast other than the sales chat show, obviously. But let's say you wanted to, to lose, of course two episodes today if your goal was to do to two episodes today you are much more likely to do that because it's tiny and it's specific but if you said i want to over the next six months i want to listen to all 180 episodes of the sales chat show the chances are you would not achieve that and yet that's specific it's measurable it's achievable it's realistic it's time bound all of those kind of things but the reason is it's too um, nebulous. If, for example, so we all know a, a speaker who talks about goal setting and says that you've got to have massive goals. Yes. And his research amongst people uh, who have achieved significant amounts in their life don't start with a small goal. They do something that is not seen as achievable and is certainly not realistic. And yet they achieve those goals. Why do they achieve those goals? Because that's about behavioral change. It's about, I want to behave like the owner of an international airline. So once you start behaving like the owner of an international airline, you start doing the little things like the smart tasks. So in project management term, those smart tasks are the tiny little things you need to do each day. So in business, you find that sales targets are set as smart targets. They're specific. We want an extra 10%. Uh, so that makes it measurable as well. Uh, yeah, it's achievable. We can do 10% this year. It's realistic. And it's time bound because we've said it's a year. So everybody goes, tick, we've created a target. And guess what? It doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen because nobody's changed their behavior. Uh, so if the target was... You know, what we want to do is sell much more this year than we did last year. Don't give it a number. Just say we want to sell much more. Yeah, We want to be the brand leader. Yeah, you're 10th in the list at the moment. We want to be the brand leader. Uh, and that's where you're aiming. And everybody's behaving in that way. And then we start setting smart tasks, not smart goals. So the smart tasks might be, for example, to make one more phone call each day. 
And then okay. when you're doing that, when you're doing that, yeah, that's that's highly specific. It's nothing to do with selling more. But if you sell, if you make one more phone call each day in the working year, that's an extra 250 calls. Inevitably, you'll sell more. So tiny, <clears throat> tiny. So goal setting theory and goal setting analysis shows us quite clearly that you have to do two things in goal setting. You have to do something completely audacious because that changes your behavior. And you, the, the goal setting has to be really fragmentary, tiny, tiny, tiny stuff. And then that builds. And so often what happens in business, you have a big target for we want 10% extra this year and it doesn't get met. One of the reasons why people give up on goals is because they don't meet them. But it's process goal focus rather than outcome goal focus. Yeah. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and 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 making them granular. Yeah. Uh, sugar Age Jesson. Yes, I think, I think you're. Uh, I yeah. feel feeling you're sort of like a little bit, little bit sort of trapped in the corner there. I'm looking for a yes, a little bit of a. I expect he's going to throw the towel in now. On, a, <laughs> on another day, on another day, I would like to see some of these. Uh, various pieces of evidence that uh, uh, they are in a book uh, by the way called the, 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 sales the, genius to, um, by mr graham jones <laughs> to, um, to my ear they sound as if they've come from the nigel farage school of statistics but we won't bother going there now um and i i think in years to come when there's a book published that, that is titled things that don't work in life uh, the letter c will be communism uh, the letter H will be honesty of MPs when filling out expense forms. And the letter J will be Jones, as in Graham Jones' attitude to sales targets. I've never heard such nonsense in my life. And I'll just give you two more examples, uh, and then I'm going to stomp off. Um, in, a example, huff. in a huff. In example number one is that uh, the the success of the... British rowing team from the mid-90s to today is well known. We've all seen the Redgrave and Pinsent races onwards from wherever it was, Sydney or Athens uh, in, the, I think it was 2000. Um, there's a very interesting start point for the coach of those rowing teams. And the start point is not would you please go to the gym and become as fit as you possibly could? Uh, the start point is that the coach will say to the team, in four years' time, on this day, at this time, because they know in advance what that day and time will be, in four years' time, on this day and at this time of day, you have to travel over that 1500 meters in this time and he will name the time that they have to hit working on the basis that if they hit that time no other team will get anywhere near it so interestingly for all of those gold medals that is the starting point uh, my business example will be a, uh, a company in the, in the legal profession who a few years ago, because of changes within that profession, realized that their four million, five million pound a year turnover was not going to be enough to guarantee their survival because of various changes going on in that sector. 
So the goal was we have to be a 10 million pound business from five. We have to be a 10 million pound business in 12 months time in order to guarantee our survival and growth. That was the goal. It was not achieved through people breaking their neck and in the process causing all sorts of wellness issues. It was achieved through an acquisition. And the acquisition guaranteed that they were then a much bigger firm in the Manchester area, able to jostle with the big guys as these regulatory changes took place. So once again, I will repeat as I'm about to stomp off that I have never heard such nonsense in my life. And there are many sales directors who within the next hour will be sending me an email saying, you are absolutely right, Phil. Goodness knows what that chap Jones was talking about. And uh, I will finish, if I may, with my statement from earlier that goals are simply dreams with a deadline. Well, it's very interesting that you actually said the same as me, because the two examples you've just given were not achievable nor realistic. Um, and so, um, you know, you've just successfully argued my point, thinking you're arguing your point. I'm afraid you're on my side, that these achievable, realistic goals of 10% extra sales a year or whatever it is that the sales director is selling, is, is setting, is taking people's mind in the wrong direction. It's asking them to just do 10% extra or 15% extra this year or whatever it is that they've been given as a sales target. Whereas... The goal to become the gold medal winners in the Olympics, you know, so many years off. In fact, they were given the visual dream of standing on the podium with their gold medals. And so when you start with that, that that's where we're going to be. We're going to be standing on the podium by the side of the lake with our gold medals around our neck. And then you work back from there. I bet they were given daily specific tiny little tasks to do like improving their oxygen level from whatever it is today to a different level tomorrow tiny I, tiny little fragmentary things that I, got I them where they went bit, i seem to be having a big problem hearing graham which is very important i can't hear you at all graham no, okay I'm, well it, that, that's uh that's your problem at your end i've got this horrible feeling that somewhere when i listen back to this episode there are actually some worrying points of agreement here on the 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 goals are are effective we're talking about probably how they are being applied and graham's point is it's micro goals process orientated versus outcome orientated yeah. which phil is phil is advocating so i think there is the horrible chance you might actually be agreeing with each other on um, yeah and on, i, I on will something. i will just i will just come out of my role for a second i wouldn't necessarily say i'm i'm advocating it what, what i'm saying is that i think that's the uh, the the world that most of the sales and marketing directors that I know are in. It may not be an ideal world for them, but that is the world yeah. that they are in and they have to uh, um, obviously work to keep their lords and masters and shareholders happy. But that's been a, a good debate and I love Graham really. 
<laughs> well, I love you too. But I'll just give you one final thing. I had a discussion with a student recently who works for a very large computer company who are the most successful computer company of their kind in the world who have lovely uh, stores in various uh, centres. Uh, I can't possibly say the name of the company, uh, but she told me that, you know, as a member of staff there, they are obviously selling computers and uh, peripherals and so on, but they have no sales targets. And so this company, which is one of the world's top businesses, has no sales targets. And they do have a target for their security staff. And she said that's interesting. In the shopping centre, the security staff in the other stores have a target of how much shoplifting they need to recover. So the, the security staff are given targets. No such targets exist for the security staff in their store because they have one job and one job only, and that's to keep the staff protected. So they don't care if stuff goes out of the shop because that's not relevant to their business mm -hmm. because the cost of that computer is so tiny, the cost of the members of staff is much, much higher than the cost of the computer. So they're not worried about sales targets, and yet they end up selling more. They're much more interested in the behaviour of people I think, than they are in targets of we selling. Are, we are going to have to revisit this, and we're going to have to go, I'm sorry, chaps, we're going to have to go ding ding round two on another episode because i think we should start to dig down deeper into some of this research and look at you know whether we should be challenging because phil's making a valid point this is the reality that a lot of people listening will have sales targets expected yep. to set them as such so on and so forth so i think you know we should continue this debate and is it diverting people's attention away or if they are going to have sales targets and they, you know, they, they're not in a situation where, you know, they can change or they don't want to, what should they be doing, you know, in addition to that, which I think is your point around the, you know, success is built on a day by day continued yep. actions, isn't it? Which I think is probably the, the key thing. So, uh, so we'll, we'll let you two both sort of calm down now and, um, and, and, and stop attacking each other. Um, some excellent insults, I've got to say, coming from Sugar Ray Jessen there, very emotional uh, insults that he was firing at uh, Mr. I Jones. can take them. Graham, the notorious Jones there. So, folks, thank you for listening into this this um, violent um, encounter uh, between these two pugilists. And um, hopefully that's given you some food for thought, uh, maybe even the odd smile, particularly as Phil was firing very colourful insults in Graham's direction. So uh, 180 plus episodes, as Graham mentioned, <laughs> you know, if you want to go through all of those, uh, they're all available at these sales chat show website saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening good luck and good selling folks you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling <laughs>